0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio, I'm Greg, and today we're going to talk about a couple things uh, as we do every week. Uh, the first one being that uh, last week President Trump uh, joined the uh, the blame video game train along with the uh, Kentucky governor that we talked about last week uh, in blaming video games and the uh, internet for the recent school shootings. Uh, we're also going to talk about then how a Rhode Island politician has uh, put forth legislation to put a tax on violent video games, and then we're going to talk about a couple days ago someone spotted an Easter egg in Metal Gear Survive, giving a little shout out to the old uh, Kojima Productions studio, and then lastly I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience with being called out last week uh, for the first time in my life on the internet uh, on the East Side Dave show uh, where uh, he did a response video to my Billy Mitchell video where I was uh, talking about uh, the interview that Billy did on his show um but let's get into uh the 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 good stuff right away so first we're going to talk about uh like i said the recent news about the school shooting obviously in parkland if you haven't heard about it i don't know where you've been um but i guess maybe that's a good thing you can you can hide from some of the world's horribleness but basically there are a lot of people to quickly jump on the blame guns blame blame everybody blame mental health everyone's playing the blame game you know everyone's trying to figure out what happened quite frankly and there's a lot of people hurting and there's a lot of people trying to figure it out well Uh, last Thursday, president Trump finally chimed in and, uh, he insinuated that video games and movies might have played a role in the shooter. So this is a quote, movies are so violent. Uh, He said at a meeting on school safety, which was one day after he gathered with survivors. So he did like a listening session in the white house. So day after that, he said, movies are so violent. We have to look at the internet because a lot of bad things are happening to young kids and young minds and their minds are being formed. Mr. Trump said, and we have to do something about maybe what they're seeing and how they're seeing it. And also video games. I'm hearing more and more people say that level of violence in video games is really shaping young people's thoughts. And then you go further and step into movies, he added. You see the movies, they're so violent, and yet a kid is able to see the movie if sex isn't involved. But killing is involved. So uh, I would actually argue that there is an interesting point there about how everyone seems to be okay with uh violence but not okay with sex it's a very strange thing it happens uh, in the store all the time too where a parent will come in you know they'll you know we'll they'll bring up a game that's very violent and we're like hey just so you know there's a lot of violence in this. it's a lot of killing blood guts you know all that sort of stuff and parents will seriously look at us and go parents will seriously look at us and go but are there is there any nudity I'm like no there's no nudity oh it'll be fine it's a real thing, and that happens quite often. So I understand the point he's making there, actually, I kind of agree with. Uh, because apparently a neighbor of the Parkland shooter had commented to the Miami Herald that he played video games, often violent ones, for up to 15 hours a day. Okay. I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week. I did some, I talked about some studies, and I talked about a few other things that I felt were you know, that kind of proved that this has been an accusation that people have been making for a while and that really has never gone anywhere, but it's still around uh, as always. So, uh, I, one other thing I wanted to comment about this as well is I mean, you know, I'm not getting super political on this thing here. Like, that's not the point of talking about this. This is video game news, but President Trump's not known for going into great detail when he speaks. And, like he said here, movies are so violent then he said, we have to look at the internet because a lot of bad things are happening to young kids and young minds and their minds are being formed. I don't even understand what that means. Like the, we have to look at the internet. What about the internet, man? I mean, you're talking about online games. You talk about streaming movie services. Like, come on, man. That's, that's a copo. That's, that's, I have to be honest. That's someone who's not informed. Like someone, I believe someone came to him and said, I think video games and and violent media are, are, are what's causing this. He goes, yeah, I could see that. You know, I mean, maybe he saw it on Fox news if they did an article, but I don't know, but it's frustrating to me because it's just a very broad general statement with no facts behind it. And that's really frustrating to me. Like, like you're the president of the United States, like you could pay someone, you, you could hire someone to go look up all that information for you. If you don't want to do it yourself. I mean, come on. So uh, obviously again, like I talked a little bit about last week after Columbine, it really ramped up the video games are the cause of school shootings. You know, they had played doom and they played other violent games and it's always been the scapegoat. Like it's the, it's the latest and greatest in a uh, old people blaming young people's, you know, hobbies as what's wrong with this country. And so, uh, we, we have some more research about video game stuff. So I want to, I want to talk about that. So in 2005, uh, in a 2005 essay for PBS, Henry Jenkins, a professor at the University of Southern California, said that juvenile crime in the United States was at a 30 year low, even though large numbers of young people play video games, quote, researchers find that people serving time for violent crimes typically consume less media before committing their crimes than the average person in the general population. Uh, He then went on to write, when it comes to video games, he said the overwhelming majority of kids who play do not commit antisocial acts. Um, so they went on to say, uh, another, another one here. So, uh, there's even conservatives like big time conservatives, Republicans that disagree with violent video games. Um, for instance, in 2011, the Supreme court rejected the claim that violent video games promote real life violence. It is it ruled seven to two in the Brown V entertainment merchants association, which basically said that California could ban the sale of violent video games to kids. Um, and this was, uh, one of the people that voted against that or voted, um, to rule it down was justice Scalia. One of the biggest conservative justices out there uh, was, um, quote, psychological studies purporting to show a connection between exposure to violent video games and harmful effects on children do not prove that such exposure causes minors to act aggressively uh, said Scalia writing for the five justices in the majority any demonstrated effects are both small and indistinguishable from effects produced by other media that's it there you have it I mean that that's that's research done that's what the Supreme Court says so we're getting to a point here where people like the president are just saying things off the cuff people are saying things that they believe without backing up with any facts we have research we have facts and here you go and this is just what it is. But again, it comes down to what we talked about last time, which is, why do we always have to have a scapegoat? Why do we always have to have an excuse? Now, I know what the first thing a lot of people are going to say is, "Well, why is everyone blaming guns? Guns is the excuse." Uh, I I have not a lot of argument for that because very quickly, uh, people are are quick to jump on guns. And so, a little bit about me: I grew up in the Midwest. If you didn't hear my podcast, that's I grew up in the Midwest. And I, ha- I grew up hunting. I grew up shooting guns. I grew up owning guns. My father has a bunch of guns. I don't really anymore because I don't have a use for them. Because to me, it's a tool that you use for a specific thing. Um, it's not so much the gun that's the problem. It's always the people. But part of the problem is this weird obsession that we've started to have with guns. Like it's a, it's a social stature. It's a, um, it's a cool factor thing and you have to have a gun and you have to pose with it and you have to make other people look, look how cool you are if you're holding a gun. And you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a social like pillar and it makes no sense to me. It, a gun, in my opinion, should be a tool, a tool used for whatever. If it's a tool that you use to, uh, you know, blow off steam because you go skeet shooting, or if you go hunting to provide your family, or if you're a sportsman, that's fine. But part of the problem is that guns have become a, a, a status, a status piece, you know, like, look how cool I am, look, look how, look how scary I am, you know, and that's the problem. And and I'll argue that a lot of that does come from media. You know, we, we watch, we watch movies, we watch TV shows where, you know, they've glamorized gun use, they've glamorized, like, like I, I jokingly said this last week, but, you know, you sunglasses are cool. Black jackets are cool. Smoking is cool. And guns are cool. Like those are things that media and advertising has pushed on us for decades to be cool. And so we're fighting against that. But that's really the problem. It's it's not necessarily the weapons. Now, We could go into an argument, again, we're not going to because on this podcast, I don't talk about it. You could go into an argument that there are certain weapons that should not be in civilian hands. And I think that's a fair argument. Same with certain instruments that would take a semi-automatic weapon and turn it into an automatic weapon, uh, since the automatic weapons are supposed to be, most automatic weapons are supposed to be banned. So, uh, I, I agree with that sort of thing. Like there's a reason why those things are banned and and they shouldn't be used for everyday civilian life uh, or they don't need to be, you know? Um, but I also, uh, on the flip side of that, I'm going to say, we also need to educate ourselves. Just like I was talking about the president there, you need to educate yourself when it comes to certain terms. If you run around saying that we need to ban all semi-automatic weapons, understand what semi-automatic means, semi-automatic means that it's a gun that's not fully automatic, which means you have to pull the trigger for every bullet you want to shoot. Okay, every gun ever is semi-automatic unless you I mean unless we're talking like, you know, like you know flintlock rifles and stuff like that, you know. Um it, so educate yourself. Stop using these glorified terms to try to make your point. Just going out there and saying we need a a a a, a semi-automatic weapon ban because semi-automatic rifles are the worst. Well, every, every rifle is semi-automatic, like, like just educate yourself. You know, if you want to say, Hey, there's certain weapons that have larger magazines, large magazines should be banned. Bump stocks, obviously banned stuff like that. That makes sense. But again, educate yourself, understand what you're talking about. And, and then, because it doesn't help your side any, if you're making uneducated arguments and that's what we need to do. We need to get smart. We need to think about it. Think critically, make your point. Don't try to convince somebody with with bad info, you know, because you'd be quick to criticize somebody else that did the same thing. So it's just it. <laughs> we have to be better. I say it all the time in this right. We need to be better. Needs to be better. Uh, so moving on from the 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 Trump uh, blaming video games, which again, all proof says no, all all scientific research says no. That's not the case. Um. A couple of days ago, so uh, let's see. Actually, this was about a week ago. Um, a Republican member for the Rhode Island State House, Robert Nordillo, Nardalillo, sorry, Nardalillo, the third, <laughs> has revealed plans to raise tax on violent video games to pay for mental health counseling resources in schools. Um American states don't have the power to legislate against the sale of M-rated games to minors, but his proposal aims to offset this by increasing a tax and funneling money into mental health uh, provisions. So this is an interesting case, right? Because this isn't them trying to ban video game sales because that obviously failed in the Supreme Court like we just talked about, right? But what they're trying to say is we want to tax them, which is an interesting way to get around things. So you you can't necessarily require things. It's actually how... Um, initially how they did the affordable care act wasn't that they couldn't, they couldn't require everyone to own it. You can't as a government require your civilians to buy a certain thing. However, they, they taxed you extra if you didn't do it. So that was how they got around it, which uh, was recently removed in the, uh, in the, the tax proposal that passed recently was that they're going to remove the penalty for no longer having insurance. But anyway, so moving on just to kind of live it there, um, so, uh let's see here. Quote, there is evidence that children exposed to violent video games at a young age tend to act more aggressively than those who are not, he said in a statement. So this is his words. Uh quote, the bill would give schools the additional resources needed to help students deal with that aggression in a positive way. So, uh Nardo Lilo has a 93% approval rating with the National Rifle Association with the NRA. So no surprise that he's, you know, uh he has not made any evidence uh, he does not cite any evidence that he's referring to, uh, according to research carried out by the U S secret service as highlighted by Glicksel, less than 20% of school shooters played violent video games. So that's just one of those, you know, kind of crazy. It makes no sense to blame when we have proof, you know what I'm saying? Um, okay. So anyway, sorry, I'm getting a little lost in the sheet because there's just a lot to look at. And my cat's like banging on the door and I'm trying not to worry about like that sound being picked up here. So, Um, okay. Another quote here. So the legislation would levy an additional 10% sales tax on video games sold in Rhode Island with the rating of M or higher. So a real quick thing about that. So, uh, I own a video game store. I run my own video game store. Um, I do not understand. I do not know how you would do that. There's not a way for me. And now would that apply only to new games or would it apply to used games? And if it applies to both high, there's no way in my computer system to do that. Individual SKUs having different tax rates, that's not a thing. Like you set up a tax rate for all transactions. I mean, it's now maybe there is software that could do that. But imagine the cost then, you know, Republicans and conservatives often talk about the business owner, the small business owner, let's do what's right for them. This is a bunch of extra work and nonsense for us. And that's really difficult to do, to collect extra sales tax and then to try to explain to customers that and then to somehow try and let them know that it's not our fault, like we're not doing it. Um, so that's that's the proposit. The pre- uh, proposition is an additional ten percent sales tax on video games sold in Rhode Island with a rating of mature or higher. "Quote: Our goal is to make every school in Rhode Island a safe and calm place for students to learn," Nardo Lilo added. By offering children resources to manage their aggression today, we can ensure a more peaceful tomorrow. End quote. Uh, so, uh, the article I was reading was on GameIndustry.biz. So that, you know, it's a game industry news, uh, website. And so they got a response, uh, after, um, seeking a comment. Uh, let's see here what they said. Okay. So uh, a spokesperson for the representative said, quote, both the American psychological association and the American Academy of Pediatrics have released studies showing a connection between violent video games and increased level of aggression in children. So um, to cite that, uh, in 2015, a study by the American Psychological Association concluded that violent video games do have an impact on aggression. So they're confirming that. However, it also noted that there was insufficient evidence to link this exposure to criminal violence or psychological and neurological changes. So uh, meanwhile, a 2016 study from the American Academy of Pediatrics, the other one quoted, found experimental linkages between virtual violence and real-world aggression, but then conceded that a real-world study that links virtual violence with real-world violence has yet to be conducted. Okay, Um, so then the spokesperson added, quote, the focus of this legislation is to reduce aggression in children by giving schools additional resources for counseling and mental health programs. By creating a more peaceful environment and ensuring adequate counseling resources are available, we may be able to guide young people away from decisions that lead to these tragedies um so basically the two things they cite are studies that have noted that violent video games can increase aggression but that's a big jump to go from increased aggression like when i play dark souls oh yeah i have a a very high level of increased aggression okay when i play monster hunter and i get cheesed to death uh By getting trapped in a corner, then getting up dazed and then getting instant killed. Yeah, I I get I my aggression levels are raised. Okay, so. Yes, I I have no hard time believing at all that video games can increase aggression, but is it necessarily violent video games? I'm looking at the thing here and it says, uh, you know. A connection between violent. So they do reference it as violent video games. But what's their what's their definition of violent? Is it is it Grand Theft Auto where you're shooting a bunch of people? I mean, oftentimes those games if they're easy games, you're not going to have increased aggression because they're fun, they're almost relaxing because they're easy. The only time I have increased aggression is when they're difficult. So did they did they have violent easy games? Did they have violent difficult games? Like I need to there's no information about this. Like there's so many factors that make this kind of study stupid however i do agree that i think video games increase aggression but now taking that leap and saying increased aggression leads to school shootings that's a huge jump and that's a huge jump so by just saying that people who are aggressive will will do this what about sports being competitive in sports that 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 makes you aggressive like when like a football player do you think that football players are not aggressive how many football players become school shooters right? You know, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense that we're, we're tying in the fact that aggression leads to school shootings. We know that essentially what it is. And I think it's the same sort of thing you could argue. I watched, um, I'm an expert now because I watched Mindhunter on uh, Netflix, but watching Mindhunter on Netflix was really interesting talking. That was a show that talks about like when the FBI formed their serial killer division and how they started being able to profile serial killers. And they, they comment on how it's a perfect mix of all these factors kind of coming together that make this so it's it's nature versus nurture, plus all these other sort of things thrown in. I believe the school shooting is the same thing, you've got loneliness, maybe depression, maybe you do have increased aggression, maybe you have an obsession with guns, maybe you feel like you've been bullied, all these things together, there's a there's a there's a perfect recipe for disaster. And I think that's what is causing these things. And so you can't pick out one thing, in my opinion, you can't pick out one thing and just blame that. It's not what it is, you know, and yeah, we can, we can reduce things like this, like reducing guns will reduce this stuff. And, and there's a, there's an argument to be made where people say, well, if you just make laws, it's not going to stop someone who really wants to do it. And that might be the case, but it might stop someone who was thinking about it. it. It might take someone who wasn't that far along and take the idea out of their head, you know? And I know this is not quite the same thing, but you know, loss prevention, like when I worked for GameStop, we had loss prevention and loss prevention would, would, it wasn't, it was a theft deterrent, not a theft prevention. You know what I mean? Like it, you can't stop like, like a locked drawer. Isn't going to stop a criminal. If they really want to get in there, they're going to take a pry bar. They're going to bust it open. They're going to take whatever they want. But oftentimes I used to say those rules would keep honest people honest. You know, when we worked there, like when people would leave at night, you actually do like bag checks and coat checks to make sure they weren't stealing games, you know, really kind of invasive. And and annoying, quite honestly, but it was because you were keeping your honest employees honest. If you watch them and you keep an eye on them, it it keeps them honest. You know, this might be one of, you know, the more laws there are, the more rules in place. It sometimes can keep some people from going too far. Again, do I know that for a fact? I don't. I'd like to think that's how it works, and maybe it doesn't, and I'm, I'm willing to admit that, but I'm going to call it out as I see it, and I really believe that. And so, Uh, beyond that though you also then could apply that to the same rules so if you say well i don't want to enact gun laws because criminals will still do it well then why do we have any laws why do we have drug laws you know what i mean like like if you have drug laws but people are still gonna do drugs anyway should we not have them i you know that, that that's the that's what doesn't make sense right you can't make that argument and then not apply it to everything but again not getting political here but we need to think you need to critically think about things when you're given information process it do some research formulate an opinion don't regurgitate an opinion that's what's tough to do because you get so many people throwing things at you it's hard not to just take that and stick we got to do our own homework right we got to we got to stick with it um, so basically though, the spokesperson, all they really talked about, uh Nordalilo's spokesperson basically just said the same thing he said. They're quoting the same two studies that talk about increased aggression while playing violent video games. No link whatsoever to increased violence uh in video games. So we also have let's see here. Um well, I must have closed that article down. But basically, you know, one of the articles as well uh had mentioned that 60%, roughly 60% of people in Japan play video games. And they had six school shootings, or excuse me, six total gun deaths. Excuse me, six total gun deaths uh, over the course of how many years in the last few years? And the U.S. has had thirty-three thousand. Now again, not all guns' fault. I'm not going there, and I'm not saying that guns are to blame. But we have a cultural issue here where it has become like ingrained in us. And I told this story last week. But when I was five. I got this really cool squirt gun. Well, just the idea of a squirt gun. First of all, Nerf guns, squirt guns, teaching four or five-year-olds to run around shooting guns. But I had this, like, squirt gun where you wore a vest, and on the vest was, like, a button. And if you shot it with the water, the button would beep. And so it was like you'd shoot at your friend. And me and my friend Ryan at my fifth birthday party were running around shooting each other, like, running around shooting guns. And my mom got that gift for me. Uh, Or Ryan got the gift. I don't remember. It was 20 years ago. (laughs) But... Uh, thirty years ago. <laughs> That's I'm not 25. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, we it was it was not a big deal. It wasn't thought of as a big deal. My dad and I made uh rubber band guns when I was a kid. So out of wood, we carved a gun that had uh like a clothespin on it that we glued to it, and then you would put the clothespin with the rubber band. You'd you'd pull the the clothespin to shoot the rubber band, and um, you know that was that was no big deal. And that was just, that was natural for a kid, you know, but again, I grew up with around guns and and I grew up around responsible gun owners and never had an issue with that. You know, it wasn't as, and it wasn't a status thing, you know? Um, but again, my issue more is blaming video games and blaming violent media. What we need to do is we need to look at society as a whole. Why do we think that these tools that we use for different tasks are considered like why are they considered like like status items why are they why are we cool if we like like i said i don't and i said this last time too a lot of this is repeat from last week but like i don't walk around with a hammer and a drill and being like so got a drill you know like nobody does that but people will sit there in a shot and they'll have their their rifle and their you know eagle flat brim cap and their american flag in the background they're just like yeah you know i mean i don't i don't get that like that's not what 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 about that gun makes you so special nothing it's a tool that you should use for whatever it is you want to do recreation hunting sportsman whatever you know um but anyway so we'll see i don't think that's going to go through and if it does i hope it's Oh, I think it's only in Rhode Island, so I guess they can deal with it there, but I don't think something like that would pass, and that would be a real headache for me personally in my business if, if that was a thing, because you never... It's tough to pass that responsibility on to the business owners. Like, I feel like the purchase of mature-rated games should be the responsibility of the parents. Right. And I understand that, like, we have to try and help a little bit, you know, and like if a 15 or 16 year old comes into my store and wants to buy a matured game, of course, I'm going to sell it like I, a 15 or 16 year old. That's they're not children, but I and I have had this. I've had seven year old kids walk up with GTA five and like throw their twenty dollars on the table. And I'm like, uh, do you have a parent with you? Well, no, but it's OK. I'm like, well, you're seven. <laughs> you know, like there is a line I draw, but it's so silly to just, you know, have this arbitrary number that makes you an adult or not, you know? And again, I think that's the parent's responsibility. Like know what your kids are playing, have some control over it. Stop using video games. Stop using TV as a babysitter. Go be a parent, you know, that sort of thing's going to do way more than charging someone an extra 10%. So let's say, just as an idea, so where I live, tax is 5.5%. So I'm guessing in Rhode Island, tax is probably 10%, and that's why they have an additional 10%. It's probably doubling their current tax. So take a $60 game. Right now, you have to pay $66 for a $60 game in New Jersey. If it's a mature rated game, you're now going to have to pay $72 for a $60 game uh, just because it's mature rated. I-, I will say the one thing I did like about this, the only thing I liked about this was that the idea was to spend the money on mental health programs that I like. I don't think we should tax violent video games to get extra money into mental health for our younger kids and into schools. But at least I like the idea where the money was going. And this might actually go somewhere in in the legislature because of that, because a lot of people will look at that and say, well, I'm not a fan of extra tax, but I do like the fact that it's going to a good place, going to a good cause, right? So, so that is a thing th- that is the only thing I liked out of this, but at least whoever wrote this had some sort of brain in their head and it wasn't just a way to get extra revenue for the state. It was going to be funneled and used for a, a proper cause. So I, I have no problem with that I've problem with everything else, but no problem with that. Um, so then, uh, that, but that's it. So Rhode Island is looking to increase their taxes on violent video games. Incredible what an incredible time to be alive. Uh, again, 93% rating uh, on the NRA has not made any propositions to raising taxes on guns or gun sales to stop that, but definitely violent video games. Um, you can tell that the ESA does not, (laughs) does not donate any money to that guy's political fund (laughs) Uh, because he has no, they have no influence over that. So moving on next story. So this was, this was funny. So last week, metal gear survive came out. Game is God awful. Uh, I played the beta and it was God awful. It's not a metal gear game. It's a, uh, it's basically a free to play microtransaction game. That's not free to play and <laughs> doesn't have a lot of microtransactions, but, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a multiplayer I guess he'd. I want to say it's like a wave based shooter because you're fending off waves of enemies. And, uh, so you go in there, you know, it's 40 bucks, so it's not 60, I guess, uh, you go in there and you procure items, you buy items, and then you defend against zombies. You earn points, you use to buy new items, you level up. Like it's one of it's, it's meant to be like a, you know, a, a continuous online experience where you just kind of keep playing and but there's not really a story. There's no end of the game. Like it just keeps going. Uh, and, and it's, it's flopping pretty hard. I've heard, Uh, I heard the sales are not good and, uh, Kojima or excuse me, Konami (laughs) Freudian slip there and Konami, uh, you know, is just getting beat up over this game, whether it's because the game's actually not good, which is why I'm beating him up, or if it's how they treated a lot of Konami employees that are still there, how they treated the Konami employees that left to go work for Kojima. And of course, how they treated Hideo Kojima up to and including his, uh, termination of contract where he was basically an employee. They turned him into a contractor and then terminated his contract, like just sleazy stuff. Anyway, the reason I want to talk about it was metal gear survive comes out and, uh, Michael Yurko at nourished psyche on Twitter made a connection. Uh, so he looks at a picture and the, uh, the picture apparently when you have to enter your name, uh, in the game, I didn't get this far. Because I only played the beta. But you enter your name. It has like a list of people already, like like names already in the game. And it's like vengeful mosquito, um, iron marlin, dire gibbon, uh, hungry komodo dragon, black jackal, whatever. And the last two are um, okay. So anyway, and then next to them, there's a, a on the left side is what team they're on, and on the right side it says like M I A K I A M I A wall. So. What he noticed was, if you look at the last names on all of the players, there's a hidden message. Now, there is no way in hell this is a coincidence. (laughs) There is zero way there's a coincidence here. But the names are as uh, spelled out. Uh, If you look at the the first, take out the first line, so get rid of it, and then use the first letter for uh, every name, it spells KJP, which was short for Kojima Productions at the time then there's a space because there's a word with no last name so KJP space F-O-R-E-V-E-R so KJP forever Kojima Productions forever (laughs) is what the hidden message spelled out is (laughs) and again no way in hell no way in hell that this is not done on purpose this is absolutely uh, on purpose um (laughs) and i think it's hilarious who did it who knows and now at first you think it had to be somebody pretty high up the chain right however there's a couple other interesting clues here so at the very top again take out the first name the next names are iron marlin and dire gibbon so mg metal gear right now those two names are interestingly listed as the only two on the list that are interested are listed as killed in action <laughs> so Basically, this whole sheet is like someone pissed off at Konami, who who put this easter egg in here. So they're saying that Metal Gear is KIA, killed in action. KJP forever, and then at the bottom, there's two names: Bastard Yoda and Cunning Yuji. Now that refers to the two producers on the game. <laughs> Let's see if I can find it here. I'm trying to find what their names are. Uh, so. Oh, cool. That locked up. Excellent. Um, nice website. Um, but basically, yeah, those are two high up like supervisors and producers on the project. So, and, and their listing is a wall. <laughs> so take that for what it is. Now you could argue that maybe that means that they went a wall and they made this list as a, like, a way of like throwing it in the face of Konami. Uh, it's a little too on the nose for me. And I think you have to be pretty stupid to do that because it's very obvious that it's here. Another way you could take this was that bastard Yoda and cunning Yuji were not very well liked by this person either. And he said they were AWOL as in they were AWOL on the project. And that's why it was such a pile of crap. So there's a lot of things to look at here. And I know this, you look at this and this is like tinfoil hat, crazy conspiracy stuff. I believe it. And I believe this is a legit Easter egg. I think the MG is on purpose. I think the KIA, that's the most of a stretch. But the MG is there. And then the uh, KJP forever. I, I, I 100% agree that someone put that in there as a as an Easter egg. Because um, well, what was interesting is there was a really generic message built into Metal Gear Survive, which basically said thank you to all staff of metal gear solid 5. (laughs) so it was like this really lame thank you to all the people that helped build the you know the engine and who worked on metal gear solid 5 that really was the ground basis work for this game to be made because and really let's get on it let's get real here for a minute metal gear survive only exists because konami spent a lot of money on that engine for metal gear solid 5 and they wanted to use it again and I have no problem with that. I mean, it's their it's their engine. They should use it. Unfortunately, it's just not a good game. And when I first heard about Metal Gear Survive, I was actually intrigued, not from a story standpoint. I'm a huge Metal Gear fan, no interest whatsoever in this game from a Metal Gear standpoint. But the game sounded really interesting from a four player co-op survival standpoint. But that's not what it is, unfortunately. It's just really boring and lame and bland and eh. it's very eh. I guess I would say. So it's not selling well. It's not doing well. Bad press and a bad game will get you there. Uh, even the Metal Gear name can't save it. So officially, the Metal Gear name is tarnished forever. Obviously, it doesn't take away from the awesomeness that were the original games, but I don't know if we'll see another Metal Gear game ever. The name's losing all of its, all of its equity, you know? So it is what it is. So then lastly, uh, <laughs> that's the story about there. So lastly, I want to touch and talk about... My my call out my shout out from the East Side Dave show. So this was really funny. So uh, I did my podcast last week Sunday. Uh, so this was kind of before this all was happening. But last week Tuesday, on his podcast, he basically has I think what he calls the shiz list, which is like uh, his his crap list, you know, to go on. And he decided to put me <laughs> and Apollo Legend on it, which. Apollo legend has like over a hundred thousand subs. His Billy Mitchell video has like almost 2 million views now. Like me and him are not even in the same league. Like I'm again, I'm just a lowly YouTuber trying to climb my way up from the bottom. Apollo Legend's been killing it for a long time. Uh, so how we got lumped into the same group, I'll never know, but awesome. No complaints. I thought it was funny. And I'll be honest. When I first, uh, someone tagged me on Twitter about it. Tipster tagged me on Twitter about it. And, uh, and I was like, uh oh, <laughs> before I watched, I was really nervous. I was like, oh, he's gonna make fun of me. Oh man! And I was gonna be like, oh boy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get anxious. I'm gonna get like nerve wracked, you know. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a ball of stress. Oh god, it's gonna be awful. And I have to say, I watched it and I loved it. I loved it, man. And a quick shout out to Eastside Dave. If you ever get a chance to see this, um, it was funny, man. I thought it was really funny what you guys said. I, I thought it was was well done. Um... <laughs> So, I do have to address a few things though that were said. Uh, you know, not necessarily a sh- a shout back. You know, not a not a snap back. I don't know what do the kids call it these days. Uh, riffing riffing back. I I don't know. I'm not very cool, so I won't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> however, uh, so anyway, I want to do a little bit before I get to that. I want to do a little bit of background about Eastside Dave. So this is Dave McDonald. He's a a radio personality. This is right from his Wikipedia page. So I'm not putting a lot of effort into this. But, uh, uh he's known as Eastside Dave so he's an American radio personality he currently co-hosts the Morning Rat Race with Carl and Dave so uh, on 959 WART so I uh, mean he's on the radio you know it's a pretty big deal additionally he hosts an online video program the Eastside Dave show which is also available in audio form on compoundmedia.com uh he's also he is also the performer on air producer for the Ron and fed show on Sirius XM radio, where he also hosted the Davey max sports program XL. So that's all about him. So the reason I bring that up is because he's not a nobody by any stretch. And on YouTube, their channel only has about 5,000 subs, but I don't think it's because they focus a lot on YouTube. They definitely have their radio and their podcast off. YouTube's not really their main source of distribution for their product. And so, you know, so they don't, they didn't get a ton of views there. Obviously the Billy Mitchell one did, um, but, uh, so, so you can't look at that and say, Oh, he's just like a small YouTuber. He's not a YouTuber. He's a radio personality. And so for me to get called out for that was, was really surreal, quite honestly, because I was watching myself on a video that he was like watching me and then commenting to me. And I, it was just weird to me, you know, like, again, I'm just an internet nobody. I mean, I'm, I'm climbing up from the bottom and hopefully one day I'll be more, you know, so to be called off, that was really <laughs> like, wow. Um, but, uh, what was funny was I actually thought I was pretty nice about it. Uh, I, I made it pretty clear that I, I did not like his style of comedy, but I have to be honest, I haven't watched or listened to a lot of his stuff. I've only saw the Billy Mitchell interview. So I based my opinion off of that, just like how that was all going. And I, I, I didn't personally, it wasn't entertaining to me again, not making fun of the show, just saying it wasn't my, wasn't my flavor, not my, not my cup of tea. Right. Obviously a lot of people love him. No problem. And, uh, So the, the first big thing that they started making fun of me for was my headphones, because in that video, I have my headphones, these headphones, I have my headphones around my neck and you know, they're like, that looks stupid. And then the other guy is like, you know, Oh, he just wants to look like he's important and doing some work. The, the, the guy on the keyboard or whatever. And I was just like, well, no, actually, I was just editing videos before I recorded the podcast, and I literally just forgot they were there. You can kind of see it partway through the video, like, I adjust them, and that's when I realize that they're there, and I'm like, uh, well, I'll just leave them on. Like, why take them off, right? Um, so, I'm not some weirdo trying to be cool by wearing headphones on my neck freak. Uh, I just forgot they were there. So, sorry if that offended anyone. <laughs> um, but then anyway, the second thing that they really harped on a lot was that I was comparing... I was saying that he was like Conan O'Brien and like Howard Stern and trying to try and make fun of me saying like, oh, he's taking, taking two complete opposites and saying how similar they are. Uh, well, that's not what I was trying to do. And and maybe I did a really poor job of explaining that. But what I was trying to say was that he was, he was doing a comedic bit. He wasn't trying to interview Billy Mitchell to get really good answers. He was trying to, he was trying to get a comedic, uh, bit out of the thing, right? So he was, he was trying to make an entertaining, funny show. That's what he was trying to do. He wasn't trying to find out the, like the truth of what happened. He was trying to be entertaining again, no problem with that. Um, but that's what he was trying to do. And that's the point I was trying to make that he's more of like Howard Stern as in like trying to be a a, a funny comedic shock jock. And sometimes at the expense of his guest, not necessarily, um, you know, not necessarily at, uh, you know, being on his side, even though apparently him and Billy have been friends for a while, I guess, or at least Billy's been on his show a bunch of times for quite a while. Um, and so I wasn't trying to say that Conan O'Brien and Howard Stern are the same. I was trying to say that you were doing an interview like a comedian would do, not like a hard hitting journalist, which, Hey, you're a comedian. So good. (laughs) I mean, it's that that's, that's what you should be doing. Right. So that was funny. Um, they did take a couple shots at my weight, uh, totally fair. I am overweight. I have no problem with that. Um, the only thing that I couldn't find it, unfortunately, um, if I can find it, I'll put it in the video as I'm talking about this right now, like down here somewhere. But basically, uh, I have lost, uh, over the last couple years, I've lost a hundred pounds. So I used to be really ultra, super mega fat, and now I'm only kind of fat to medium fat. <laughs> so like I used to be way fatter so now that that's a defense of me currently being fat I'm just saying I used to be really really fat lost 100 pounds and I want to lose about 50 more so I'm working on it uh you know it's it's a struggle as a lot of people I'm sure know it's not the easiest thing in fact losing 100 pounds I often say was the um the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life. Uh, and it was really difficult. So, uh, but I, I can do it. And, uh, if you're out there and you're having issues with weight loss, you can do it too, but it is difficult. I wish I could say it's easy. Um, but it's not. And so I understand, uh, the, the, the being fat thing. Um, I am fat, so I have to deal with that. <laughs> um, and if, if taking abuse on YouTube is, is another motivational factor to kick my butt into gear, to eat less and get to the gym more, then I'll take it, you know? Um, and, uh, and lastly, they, they did make a comment about how I eat. I must drink a lot of milk and eat a lot of bread. <laughs> so that's another, uh, rip on my weight, which is totally fine. Uh, except I don't actually do that. Uh, I don't eat bread really, and I don't drink a lot of milk, but I definitely still do a lot of carb. I eat a lot of carbs, a lot of pasta, a lot of, uh, quinoa because my, uh, so- my wife is vegetarian. So we try to substitute those carbs for obviously meat and stuff like that when we eat together. Um, so again, totally fair. I'm overweight. I get it. Um, again, I actually thought I was pretty nice to them for not liking their program. Uh, I, I actually, I, I didn't think I really made fun of them too bad. I guess the shot about Conan and being funny, uh, you know, definitely was, was rude, um, on my part, but I, I thought it was pretty tame. I do have to admit though, after the fact, that, uh you know, when we were tweeting out about it, even Eastside Dave was liking our tweets. Uh, I don't know if he himself handles his own Twitter or if, if, you know, there's a social media person there. But I think we all agreed that it was really fun and it was funny and it was a good bit. So I, I thought it was great. So, again, you know, Eastside Dave, if if you're hearing this, man, I, I thought it was pretty funny. So I, I appreciate it. I actually laughed. Um And I thought it was a pretty good time. Uh, and it was funny because when, when I... I had done the Billy Mitchell video at that time. I want to say it was about 20,000 views, which for me is huge, you know, not really huge compared to Apollo legends, amazing uh, stats, but that's about where I was at. And, and, Uh, and then all of a sudden in one night, I got like four comments about my headphones. (laughs) Like, why is everyone all of a sudden getting hung up on me having headphones around my neck? I've had 20,000 views, 200 comments. Nobody said anything about headphones and then four people in one night. Well, I think it was because people had just heard the official podcast from Eastside Dave. So once they heard the podcast talking, you know, mess about my headphones, then they basically attacked me for that too. Um, one of the comments said, uh, I came here looking for a video on Billy Mitchell, and all I saw was a porker with headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the um, the word porker is probably gonna get me every time. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> oh, porker! That's a that's a good one. That's great. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I gotta stop laughing. It was just oh damn, that's hilarious to me. Um. So anyway, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, a lot of people in my comment section too, because I didn't know who Eastside Dave was, uh, gave me some insight to who he was in some really rough comments. But you know, I, I'm not—I I'm not, don't do response videos. That's not my thing. Um, I just thought it was funny, and I want to talk about it because it was a—it uh, was a trip, you know. And again, a radio personality who's on air has his own series, XM show, has a podcast. I mean. This guy called me out, so, okay, it was great. Um, it was a lot of fun. So, uh, anyway, that's the podcast for today, but uh, what we're going to talk about today is a Genesis game. I've been doing a lot of Genesis because, quite frankly, it's what's in view, <laughs> what's in reach of me here, um, Comic Zone. So, I actually really, really like this game. Uh, the only downside of this game is it's one player only. So, it uh, you can't really see it, but basically, it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up where you traverse, like, the pages of a comic. So you're in a panel, you beat up a couple guys, you actually hop the panel, and eventually you hop the page, page to page. Really super cool game. Really good beat-em-up. Very difficult, though. Like, it's very hard, right? Uh, very quickly. But there's only one player. I thought a game like this two-player would have just been, like, seriously kick-ass. Um, but it's really, really fun game. Good, good beat-em-up, good single-player game. Incredibly crunchy soundtrack, like, like only the Sega Genesis could do. Uh, back in the day and just really really fun so I highly recommend checking it out Um, as always if you have not if you would subscribe to us on YouTube, I'd really appreciate it. If you're listening to us on iTunes or on SoundCloud, again, much appreciated. If you watch YouTube, we'd love for you to go to youtube.com slash the drop rate, or you can go to DropRate.life, and that'll link you to our YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, just check us out and and give us a try. And if you like our content, we'd love for a subscription. I'd appreciate it. Uh, we're also on Twitch at the drop rate. We, we do a, a weekly podcast live there and we're also doing, you know, periodic live streams throughout the week. And, uh, yeah, but like I said, YouTube's been really great. We, um, man, we, uh, we got, we're at over 1300, uh, subs now, which when I started the Billy Mitchell stuff, we were at about 16, uh, 600 and it's been an incredible ride, uh, going all the way up, um, where, where we are now uh, to where we started. So thank you everyone for your support. It's so much fun doing this and it's more fun when you know that people are enjoying it with you as well. So hopefully we'll see you guys again. Keep watching our content. If, uh, if you're ever looking for more videos by me, always keep an eye out for, uh, the pictures with the little dude in the corner, the, uh, the little pixel sprite guy wearing my shirt. Uh, that's me. And, uh, that's how I can kind of tag videos. If you want to watch mine, otherwise Jordan's got some great videos on his uh, steam curation too, where he's just showing you these awesome indie small games that maybe you never heard of before. So thank you everybody very much for watching as always have a great day and we'll talk to you again soon. Have a good one.